Welcome back, everybody, to EPL State of Mind. This week, I'm your host, Sean. As always, joined by Kyle and James. James was gracious enough to hand over MC duties, at least to start this one. And that's because we have a very special guest on, a close personal friend of mine, and people forget, professional comedian Nick Cartwright, and also big Wolves fan. So, Nick, thanks for joining the pod. Thank you guys for having me. I, um... I listen to you. This is my favorite sports podcast. It's the only sports podcast I listen to, but that does make it 100% my favorite. Um, I feel like, uh, James, you wax poetically about oh, please. the sport I've played my entire life. Like, I, I thought no one likes it more than me, but you wax the, the game. I mean, it's beautiful. You call it the beautiful game, I think, two times an episode. <laughs> i appreciate it i appreciate it sometimes my poetic comes from my lyrical genius and uh script writer sean because we all know here that i'm a uh, english no good to me so i appreciate that side of things oh, but yeah. absolutely man been playing from day one and i'm excited to have you man as soon as sean said that we had a, a wolverhampton wanderers to pop on i was like let's fucking bring it yeah and I, i'm a real one too like i'm not i uh I didn't just pick Wolves because they were my favorite FIFA team. You know, uh, my my dad's from Wolverhampton. Oh, wow. Fantastic. I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got a horrible accent and a bad attitude. <laughs> he's like from there. Uh, so I, I was always a Wolves fan from being little. Even when like we there was a long t period of my life where we couldn't even watch him on TV. Like we would just watch like the ESPN game tracker on the computer. <laughs> oh wow! Like we would wake up at eight a.m. to watch an ESPN game tracker of like <laughs> basically what what is League One now, you know? <laughs> That's phenomenal. That's dedication. That's heart. That's heart. Kyle's a man of heart. Well, you know, growing up a New York Giants fan, I have to. Be. <laughs> so, also, I'll, I'll say this: I've been a City fan my whole life. Growing up a City fan, I had to be. It's you know, it's the last six to eight years where we actually turn it around, but. I had that Steven Ireland poster on my wall growing up. I'm used to the heartbreak. Yeah, ironically, teams start doing pretty well when millions and millions of dollars comes into their life. <laughs> and they do even, even better when it's billions, you know? <laughs> 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 why were you a, why were you a city fan from what I'm sorry, I don't I don't mean Oh, that. no worries. Yeah. So I uh my grandpa on my mom's side, he's his name was Francis. He's super Italian. He got me into soccer at a very young age, and he actually took me to my first Champions League game ever. I, I may not remember the game. I think I must have been three to four years old. But when I came Still home that day, early on. I had, oh, of course. But I had my, you know, my first jersey. It was, a, God, I can't even remember who was on. I want to say it was Steven Ireland. And then first game, first jersey, I had the poster on the wall. And growing up from that age, once you latch onto a team, you're not you're not letting them go, you know. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but, wow, you fucking lucked out, dude. You, I mean, <laughs> what a cash out. I mean, that's incredible. That's that's like getting Bitcoin when like only three people knew about it. <laughs> no, it's like you know, you never forget the major life moments, you know. But I will never forget when Pep Guardiola took the stand in Manchester before his first game as just his welcome to Manchester inauguration. And the whole city came out for him. And I remember sitting there like, eh, this guy better fucking perform because the whole city's out for him at this yeah, point. And, yeah, you know, he's yeah. got the record. He did it at Bayern. He did it at Barca. So great teams. And he's, he's coming to turn around the city where at the time the powerhouse, the monster was united. So it was, yeah, it was yeah. a definitely. I still hate them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Who, Big united? Time. United? Big time. 
Oh yeah, oh yeah. I I mean, what I still remember one of my greatest sports memories as a kid was when the Wolves got promoted in 04, 03-04. I think that's and we beat United one nothing. We were at the bottom of the table, they were at the top. And me and my dad went ballistic. I think that was the first and only time he actually hugged me with like passion. Sincere, <laughs> <laughs> like love and passion was when we beat United one nothing. Kenny, I still remember the goal. Kenny Miller like dribbled one in. It was from outside of the box, but it like didn't leave the ground, but it still like snuck its way in there somehow. <laughs> You'll take great it. day, great day. One of yeah. my first memories. It's got to be. That'll probably be on like the the father son speech at your wedding. Like I still remember the first time I loved him, and it was <laughs> that that dribbler into into the goal. Yeah. But uh, that's fantastic. And as everyone can already tell, we are going to have quite an event with a comedian on the mic here today. So already off to a hot hot start there, Nick. So I appreciate it. And another hot thing that we always do here, as you know, is some hot news. And I think it's a perfect time to segue in because we want to get back to you, Nick, real fast after a couple highlights here. But, you know, it's we're heading into an international break here, unfortunately, as everyone gets depressed during these breaks through the uh, EPL season. And we don't really have too much hot news for us today. But something that everyone should be kind of, you know, look into a little bit here is we spoke about last week how VAR has been at this, this, the precipice of everything that is EPL and how, you know, debatable some of their decisions have been and just today uh mike tough referees now released the audio from i believe the man united game uh that caused a bit of debate there and then more importantly obviously for everyone who cares about anything whatsoever and healthy and good in this podcast the arsenal newcastle game so though that audio was released uh i won't get into that one again we talked about it already i will say i'm in semi-impressed with the communication that the referees had during these videos, I'm still not happy with the results. And I don't think the communication or the, the language that they use during these videos helped me ease any pain that the decision was proper. I just think they're bad referees and they made a bad choice on the field and they made a, made a bad choice in the VAR. But that's something that everyone should kind of look into at your own pace. The mic'd up recordings of that game have now finally been released. Um, you being on the end of a bad non-VAR VAR call at the beginning of the season against Man United, I'm sure that you have some strong feelings about that whole entire debate, whether or not it we're better off with or without. And that that audio was actually released, I think, oh, two weeks ago or so. Did you listen to that one, Nick? Um, you said I had strong feelings, and I for sure did have strong feelings uh, until they apologized. And then it seemed like <laughs> everything really went away. I wasn't angry anymore, and it seemed like we had gotten the the one point or three points. I can't even remember really anymore what we got. I mean, we've had we've had three or four formal apologies from yeah. the VA. I mean, how many more formal apologies can you take before you're like, can we like not see each other anymore? Like, I just <laughs> Can we get an informal apology? Like, hey, guys, just like DM them like, hey, we fucked up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I prefer that. Uh, off the off the record. Yeah, you yeah. Or just DM night. the team account like, hey, we fucked that. We botched this one. Exactly. <laughs> or like a million pounds. Like, it doesn't have to be crazy. Just something <laughs> just to be like, you know, here's for the Uber ride home. But uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so frustrating because um, some of these VAR calls, I'm not familiar with the, the two that you talked about. Uh, were that was that from this past weekend or were yeah, those, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Two not weeks this ago. weekend's game but two weekends ago okay yeah. 
it's just frustrating because it seems like there's so there's no consistency whatsoever yep and then um some of the fouls that they call are just it just totally lacks common sense i feel like there's no i mean but again it's hard to because no matter what game i'm watching i have a perspective and i have a bias and it's always very strong like you guys are very (laughs) good at talking about sports because you guys do it in in a informative and you're a little bit emotional but not it's more about like um statistics and good analysis i'm extremely emotional so like (laughs) every 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 time somebody's fucked me it's their fault it's all this blah 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 blah. so it's hard to know like really like what the game should do what what should the game do but uh in my opinion i feel like um football here american football um does it does replays and stuff really really well so i don't know what's going on in the nfl but something needs to be uh crossed over because i feel like the nfl does a really good job of um replays of course the game is immensely complicated so i have no idea what rule we're talking about whenever we're looking at a replay (laughs) for the most part but um they get it right they they get it right almost i mean and when they don't get it right maybe there's two a season like where people are like this is really bad it's every week in the premier league there's multiple like horrific calls so it's just it's interesting i don't i i hope something is done but i I don't know what i don't know what i don't know what what are the community like i don't listen to the (laughs) the The audio the Zapruder films of the <laughs> Premier League. Um, but what was that? Well, it, it, it's nothing special. It's thing one, thing two, dumb and dumber on the mic, and they're trying to go back and forth and describe to them. Like the, if you if you look at the one specifically at the Arsenal, there is about three incidents. Four, if you count the check at the buildup of it for an offsides, that the referee, assistant referee the VAR, the virtual assistant referee, and then the assistant VAR referee, they're in constant communication throughout the game to a point where I think it might be over-communication because how can anyone focus with four or five chefs in the kitchen? Yeah. But it's 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 really an interesting thing, and, and we'll have a spinoff episode all about this uh, debate once we get further. One thing that you know I think we can kind of close out this one item with is this weekend – Maybe we had one VAR intervention that was iffy. This weekend, they they did a good job. I, whether it's not because different referees were on every point there, but it, it, I would like to say that they did a solid job this week. And it, But this is something that's going to go back and forth. Whether you have it or whether you not have it, someone's going to be upset because you're pissing in their Cheerios because it doesn't go your way or it goes your way. But we, uh, we live on, and I think uh, we can pop on to our next hot item, which is kind of not really hot news. It's just this was really fucking sick, and Kyle threw this one in here. So, Kyle, why don't you kind of just give us what your what your thoughts and feelings. You're the goal master. You you have the round, Mount Rushmore of goals a couple of weeks ago. So take us through your goal of the week. Yeah, I mean, happy to take the title. There's nothing more exciting in this sport to me than an amazing goal. So got to go over all of them. So Simon Adingra this year, this weekend, I'll say for Brighton scored. Honestly, guys, you will not see a better goal this month. That's as simple as that. And it's still early in the month, but he beat 50 yards of turf and then put that soccer ball in the back of the net. It was, you know, he picked up the ball right around midfield from the left side. 
threw his entire body into his pace, went for nothing but pace at this point, kept the ball to his foot, beat three separate players, and then had a give-and-go reminiscent of Arsenal's tiki-taki goal from years past that I'm sure everyone who listens to this podcast at least knows about. And, I mean, it was a pass to the top of the key with a one-touch back heel give-and-go return to him that just slaughtered the back line. Slaughtered him. And then a tidy one-touch to control, one-touch to finish off the post and in. Absolute firework of a goal. And it was in minute six of the game while they still had 11 players on the field, which they didn't keep for the entire game, which I also love. You know, (laughs) score great goals, get red cards. That's how the sport's supposed to be played. But... Yeah, the goal was stunning. They they ended up drawing the game based off an own goal, and I want to say around the 70th minute to Sheffield. So good for Sheffield, but better for Simon Adingra. You know, James said this wasn't hot news, but damn, that goal was hot, 100%. Yeah, and there was a few hot ones out there this weekend, too, along the lines that one we'll talk about with you, Nick, that I think would rival possibly goal of the week. Um, but we'll, we'll get into that. Pretty, pretty pissed didn't, pretty pissed didn't win to be honest, but yeah, we'll, we'll, talk about it. <laughs> we'll get right into that. But first, uh, the weekend games were all very eventful, a lot of excitement, but I don't think we have seen one that was this cinematic yet this season, especially with a lot of attention brought to it. One, because of refereeing, of course, Anthony Taylor was brought back up from the championship to referee this match, but also because. Chelsea at home, and I'm going to give it the W right now to Sean from last week before we signed off. He obviously called a parlay that unfortunately was busted by one leg, and that was busted by Chelsea. But he did put an asterisk next to this one saying that if there's a team out there that would take more points off from a top top six, top four team out there other than the Giant Slayer that is the Wolves at the moment, it would be Chelsea. Chelsea has taken off points from every top Four team now this season, including Liverpool, a tie at the first game of the season, Arsenal, a tie, Tottenham, they won, and now they've they've taken down the first place team of the season. So a really cinematic game that we had at Stamford Bridge. It ended 4-4, and I watched every minute of it with my brother, and I don't think I've seen him jump up and down with a heart rate as much as this before other than that and he goes to the gym every day twice a day and then even bench presses me at night while i'm sleeping which i'm still not <laughs> okay with it but it happens and it's incredible so i'll send this over to you kyle as the man city fan to get your opinion on it Four four. what are your what are your thoughts man and, and highlights here i mean first shot thought shot whatever is uh fuck you sean for calling the cole palmer and the sterling goal unbelievable that's another that's another w absolutely uh but i i thought the game was as good a game as you can watch yeah i told james earlier that if if i had known going into that match that man city was going to drop points but there would be eight goals scored and no red cards you know the no red cards is a little bummer but the eight goals scored (laughs) is fantastic i mean that we might not get a better game of, of football all year at this point there were you know 30 plus shots in the game there were 18 fouls and, you know, it's nice to see a kanji. I mean, Holland back on the score sheet twice, classic. But getting a kanji on there, that's the a kanji and Ake. Those two backs have two goals apiece to their names in nine games played apiece. So when, when your two backs are scoring more than the strikers on Manchester United in the last two months, that's a good thing. Um, other than that, I thought the game was, as I said earlier, it was the best game of soccer I've seen all year. It was beyond exciting. Man City goes up one, Chelsea answers. Chelsea goes up one Man City answers. Man City goes up, Chelsea answers. Man City goes up again, Chelsea answers. 
in stoppage time. And if I, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but if I'm not mistaken, every answer in the entire game came within 12 minutes of the goal being scored. There was never a long period of uh, now they're going to either win the game, they're controlling the ball, they're playing around. It's like, no, they scored. Time to turn it up. We're going to fucking score. And that's what they did every single time. It, it was an amazing game to watch. Am I bummed out that we dropped points? Yes. Am I bummed out that Liverpool Arsenal didn't drop points? Yes. But honestly, if I could watch a game of soccer like that every weekend, I'd be watching every single weekend, eyes glued to the screen, knowing that we would drop points. Um, talking about the expected goals, you had over six and a half expected goals this game. It, Chelsea actually took the cake over Man City at 3.37 to 3.3 or 3.23, 0.15 differential in expected goals. So guess what? They tied as was expected. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm going to toss it over to Sean to go over some of these individual player highlights because Sean is a way better analyzer. That that's not it. Goddamn analyst. <laughs> words are hard. Words are hard. Names are harder, but words are difficult too, Kyle. Don't <laughs> Thank, you, James. Thank you. Someone gets it. If, yeah. Someone definitely feels your yeah. pain, James. But yeah, yeah I think um, obviously the, the two guys for Chelsea that really stood out, we talked about one being um, Raheem Sterling, what we highlighted earlier. And we've talked about pretty much all season being their best player. And he, he kind of had to be in this one. He was, he was a, unbelievable james you can you you put it here but um he had the most dribbles in the game drew the most fouls he was constantly forcing you know two uh, you know extra attention from multiple defenders from city he was spectacular and then the other guy for chelsea really stood out to me was connor gallagher um his pressing in this game was just top notch runs his absolute ball sack off um just worked so hard and and he had some you know good chances going forward as well i think he just does a, a you know an, an excellent job um in that midfield doing running the hard yards that maybe Enzo doesn't necessarily cover. I think they kind of play off each other well. Enzo, especially in build up in this game, was really good where he kind of dropped into that left half space and then ping passes off to the right wing um or to or to Reese James and and they kind of built out from there. And then um dude Pochettino and, and Pep have always have the best games. Like just thinking back to to his days at Tottenham um uh, that that crazy champions league quarterfinal from a couple years back i want to say 2019 something about potch's press makes man city just speed up a little bit and they don't play with quite the same composure that we're accustomed to and i think this was you know again in this game we kind of saw that where you know as kyle highlighted over six and a half total xg that's the highest ever recorded xg in the last three seasons of the premier league of any game because they you know they just there was not as much control or ball domination or possession because Chelsea closed everyone down hard. Um, and just an unbelievable game back and forth uh, throughout. The only person I'm going to shit on, there's actually two people that I'm going to shit on. The first one is uh, is Ruben Diaz for just just panicking and fouling Broya in, in, the, in the final minutes of that game. Uh, was very uncharacteristic from him. Usually, you know, we think of Ruben Diaz, we think of his composure, um, you know, and his ability to, to to kind of, you know, bounce back from things. And the other one was Malo Gusto. Right after uh, Nico Jackson tied the game, like maybe two minutes later, Chelsea wins the ball back. He gets freed in inside the box, and he hits it for like 18 feet over the fucking net. I was like, oh, dude, that could have that could have completely shifted the game, but. 
Um, That's I, one I of those ones where I watch it and I go, I swear to God, I would have made that. I yeah. swear <laughs> to God, I would have made that. Like, right, right. Of it course, makes, you're like, like, that looks like me out here. I would have been vomiting on the side of the field if I'm out there for more than 15 minutes. But if I was in that exact play, like in that exact position, I, I could have gotten it closer than that. I swear. <laughs> Nick, it's, it's like we say on the podcast, you know, a well-placed cone could have scored that goal. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who is the other person you shit on? Uh, oh, Diaz, the center back for City. Just for the foul. And I think. Oh, wrong. yeah. Um, the. <laughs> I still love the heart, though, after that, to go up to the referee and be like, no, no, when it's like, <laughs> dude, <laughs> it's, a, it's the most obvious penalty of, like, of all time. Ever. Stonewall, I, I appreciate I think you that. trying. Like, I feel like every player tries, which is kind of stupid. Like, you, it shouldn't be part of the game. But, like, he really gave it his all. He was like, no way, no, I got the, <laughs> I got, I, I got the ball for sure on that. <laughs> Yeah, oh, we, yeah, we've all uh, we've all been there. I think we've all been there. I'm still complaining to high school referees that I did a slide tackle <laughs> that I wasn't yeah. supposed to do. But fantastic. I mean, it was it was an entertaining game, man. You you talked about it, and I'll let you take it. But didn't you mention that this is this is one of the first times Pep has let up four goals in in a game? Because you know, at least as far as I'm concerned, and this is a little biased, I will say that I, I personally think Pep Guardiola is the best coach in the world when it comes to the halftime talk. His second half performances in the last two years, when when those players come out the locker room, whatever Pep is analyzed in the first half, he puts it on a T for his team. They always win the second half. So, you know, going into the half, tied two to two, I'm coming out like, all right, we're gonna win four or five to two. He's figured out what's going on and he's gonna shut it the fuck down. But you know, that that was not the case. This was the first time in 180 games that Man City had let up four goals. The last time that happened was in September of 2020 against Leicester City. So a little fact oid for you guys today. Of all the but teams, it was definitely too, it was Leicester. Yeah, oh. of course. Well, they were just coming off of, a, what, a few seasons ago winning the whole thing. So, you know, they still had reminiscences of success. But still, to, to come up against a Man City team, especially a, a, a Chelsea team that we've been shitting on about how they just cannot finish, and I still don't necessarily think that they can finish i think this was an entertaining game was it a brilliant game of, of football display i think sean nailed it on the head that it's something about chelsea's press that makes man city panic and one can say the reason why diaz went in for the side tackle is because the whole game has been pure panic for them in the back and you you don't have that where where a thought where you are what you're doing and you just let the game take control so major kudos to chelsea it's a similar way how they started the game against arsenal um with that press and just making other teams play to their their style. Christian, my brother, mentioned it uh, before the game. is He was expecting a, a close game because Chelsea plays to their competitor, which is a disease for a lot of teams. They play poorly against teams that suck, and they play well against teams that are very good. And we had a perfect example of this one on uh, on Sunday. Go ahead, Sean. Yeah, I just I think a big reason for that is because when they play in the top teams, they're 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 playing with a high line. They play a lot more open because they're always going to be attacking on the front foot. Chelsea's got a lot of pace; they can build on the counter. When you're playing, you know the Burnleys, the Sheffield Uniteds, the West Ham's teams like that who play with a low block, Chelsea doesn't really have the striker who can kind of, you know, make a goal out of nothing. 
Um, mm-hmm. They have some of the playmakers, but I still think they need a little bit more creativity as well. And I think that's why they struggle with those bottom half teams and then, you know, look a lot better when they play the teams at the top of the table. I mean, we are talking about a team here who was, what, three days away in September of not having a goal of the month. Yeah. And now they're dropping four on Pep and City. Like, the turnaround yeah. there is, it's got to be one of the biggest in the Prem. I mean, I would put it up there with, I, I won't say it's a huge turnaround officially yet, but the way Spurs have been these last couple of weeks is like, they're going in the wrong direction. But Chelsea seem to be going in the absolute correct. I mean, that's eight goals this month already in two games. That's One could argue that their turnaround rivals the next team we're going to talk about. And that would be, Nick is just itching on his couch right now, the Wolves. Oh boy, <laughs> which is a which is a perfect segue, man. This is perfect. We're gonna we're gonna pop into talking about Wolves two, Tottenham one. So I mean, how do you want to do this? You want to, Sean, take take it away, man. Tell us how we're gonna talk to your boy Nick, aficionado of the Wolves, comedian by day, Wolves fan in the closet with his father by by weekend. I mean, what do we have on closet? That was the phrasing. The phrasing. He started bad with comedian by day because that's that's a failed comedian. That's also wrong. Doing bat mitzvahs and retirement homes. Yeah, that's no good. (laughs) And then I'm in the closet with my dad. I I don't know where that came from. Uh, (laughs) It was the wrong guy. That got got ugly fast. Oh, yeah. Um, no, yeah, let's, I, I guess, Nick, let's just throw it to you to start. You know, what are your thoughts on this game? I think overall deserve win for Wolves. They really control the play for, you know, the vast majority, but, you know, take it away, kind of what you I took mean, away from this game. It, it, yeah, I definitely, so I'll give you some context here. First of all, it's the early game, which always sucks. Like <laughs> if we were playing anybody from like the bottom five, I'd be like, all right, I'll catch the second half. Because six thirty, it was six thirty in the morning Central Time, which means like a six fifteen alarm, so that always sucks. But I was up the entire time. Like I even stayed up between in the halftime break. Usually I take a little nap, chop it up a little bit, <laughs> but uh, to stay awake for the whole early game, that I like, I was I was pumped the whole game because of how good we looked. It just uh, it's classic Wolves though, like just asleep at the back give like a cheap one away early and then i was nervous the whole game because we just don't have this is our huge problem right now and it's been our huge problem since jimenez got injured to be honest we just do not have any any balls up front we've got no i mean cunha's we have players that like like to bring it to them like to challenge people and now um the new guy Bellegarde. That I mean, that's that's a real big guess on my part. No, that's right. Uh, that's right. Yeah, yeah it's right. Bellegarde, Bellegarde, look, I think he looked great. A lot of people say he had like an okay game. I think he looked fucking awesome out there. Like he would he would dribble past two, keep the ball. Like that's the kind of stuff we need because we just give the ball away so cheaply. But um, we just don't have somebody to put the ball in the back of the net. We don't have a strong striker. So it was a lot of like me screaming <laughs> i was i was doing a comedy show in iowa with some other comics and so they were in uh the living room sleeping and i was in the bedroom and i it was a cheap airbnb so i knew if i yelled i would wake everybody up so i was just yelling into a pillow like fucking shoot it was one of those <laughs> shoot the um but obviously like it was great to see nobody give up like we didn't give up 
which is a lot reminiscent of Nunez Wolves. Like we had fight in us and uh, to win was, I mean, that's beyond nuts, right? I, I, I stopped giving a fuck by the end of the game about waking people up. Once that second goal went in, everyone was getting up. Even the people like living upstairs above us, we were in a basement. I'm not doing that great. Uh, even they were going to wake up, dude. I went berserk. So, I mean, um, I, I, even with Neto gone, like, I thought that was another, like, Jimenez all over again. Like, we had a fantastic player that, like, was the center of our team, and now he's gone. Uh, I think we look great. That being said, we were playing, like, Tottenham on maybe its worst day. Like, they have half their starting lineup. Like we were playing the boys. So um, there, there is that to be said, like, yes, we did dominate the, the, the game, but it was, you know, a lot of reserves and Hey man, don't, don't diminish the accomplishment. Seriously. I'm, I'm being so genuine right now. Like, yes, obviously Eric Dyer is, is a shit center back. He's bad in the back five. He's really bad when he's, you know, one of two center backs, but you guys controlled that game. It wasn't like, Oh, you know, they took advantage of a couple of sloppy mistakes from Tottenham. Like you guys were the better team, I would say pretty much from after that that Brennan Johnson goal where he did open his account as as a Tottenham player. So just something I know James you're a big fan of his from his time at Forest yep. last year. Mm-hmm. Um but I I really think after that goal went in, you know, Wolves were the were the better team and and kind of like you alluded to Nick, they just l- lack that killer instinct. Um where Neto yeah, has yeah. had you know, the ability to, you know, create a moment of magic and then, you know, cut it back or cross it and, and somebody else finishes it. But they don't have someone kind of like we were talking about with Chelsea who can, you know, score a goal out of nothing, you know, create something out of nothing in terms of, of finishing. But, um, you know, throughout I the mean, game, I think he was great. Um, yeah. Huang, Huang has been there. Yes. And he, and he can, I think Huang's, I'm not saying he's uh, not a good striker. But I think he's more – he's really good in the in the pressure of the moment and he can, like, settle down and, and make the right shot. But I don't think he's the guy to, like, penetrate. Because if yep. you watch him, he'll beat one and you can just tell he's kind of scrambling after that. He <laughs> he's beat, like, oh, I didn't expect to do this. Yeah, I didn't expect to beat one. And then if he beats two, everyone's kind of like, oh, shit, Wang's <laughs> on the loose. Never <laughs> seen – but the, the – uh, it's just since since we Jimenez and Jata, I mean that was like that was the best Wolves I've ever. And me and my dad knew it was limited time because right, it, they were we were like, there's no way we can keep most of these guys. But I mean, it was nuts when we got promoted, and then we were immediately in Europa League. Are you are you stupid? Europa League, where I'm watching Wolves play fucking Benfica or whatever. It was. I mean, it was like I was in dream world, you know, because I, like I said, I used to watch them on fucking ESPN game tracker. Like I, I wouldn't, I, there were years where I didn't know what a wolf's goal even looked like besides like a little number <laughs> showing up on a screen. So, uh, uh, I lost my train of thought there. Sorry. I smoked <laughs> a pot to talk about, I, this is why I don't talk about sports on podcasts. I was like, I, I can't have a rigid subject matter. <laughs> you can't just freelance it yeah i'm like wait I, we were talking about something specific about the wolves though but uh <laughs> well we were sean sean had mentioned that you should give yourself a little bit more credit i mean you definitely did say that the spurs were a depleted side but 
you know, the biggest thing for me is, is you made son look like, you know, he wasn't even on the pitch. He, he, he barely touched the ball. He I think really he didn't registered. Get a touch, yeah. did he? He, I don't think he got, he got 38 touches in the game, but he got zero within the opponent's box. So, which is typically where he likes to live right around the top. He had a couple shots. None were on target. It was an, an impressive showing by the Wolves. And, and I even like Sean said from the fifth minute, I think I was texting the, the boys that this is this Wolves game has Wolves written all over it. And I want to thank you and your service because you beat Tottenham in the most Tottenham way. That's true. Period. Ever. Very true. They had a, a, a nice long sip of their own medicine, giving up two goals in the dying embers of the game. So it, it's nice. And to be fair, that is the Wolves way to win a game, too. Like, if we're going to win it, we're going to win it at, like, the very last, last kick of the game. Like, that's how we win. That's how we've been winning games since we got promoted in 2016. So Not against Man City. You, you managed to beat Man City in a normal fashion. That's true. That was that was down to the wire, too, though. That game went back and forth. It was it was a close game. But I, I think this this game was extremely entertaining as well. It could not have made me happier early in the morning on Saturday. And then obviously the Gunners go on to win. But I want to bring it back to Kyle's goal of the of the weekend because Sarabia, I, baby. Bob Lowe. I mean, it was it was an incredible event. Just coming from the left side, a well-paced in the air pass. It's FIFA Street. It's FIFA Street two shit. I don't. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Great game, by the way. What a game! Oh, one of the, I think, the best soccer game ever created. Did you ever play Red Card? It's up there with Red Card. It's up there. It, have you ever played Mario Strikers? Oh yeah, that you know, uh, Mario Strikers is a great game. Strikers, Mario Strikers, call too. Yeah. We might have to have, to have a segment on, on the next international break about the <laughs> Fuck it. We're going to live stream them. We're going to beat up them. Yeah. We'll, just play, we'll, we'll give them all play right ratings. But, I mean, your emotions during that Sarabia goal, the, the first touch to set up one of the cleanest volleys near post, probably that I have seen this season, likely the last couple of seasons, to tie a game of such immense uh, decisions for you guys and a, and a turning point of the season. You guys have been knocking all day, and he fucking knocked down that door, and I then mean, the floodgates I, opened up. I, I again, I'm not a huge stats guy, but I'm pretty sure we have like um, one of the higher percentages for goals from substitutes, um, which I think is a, a big like thumbs up to uh, O'Neill because that's something that. Uh, Luigi, like, was just he was so stubborn with his starting lineup, like, he just wouldn't budge. And then he'd throw in a substitute when we're one goal down in like the 88th minute. And it's like, dude, I, we needed somebody in the 60th to try to switch up what we're doing. Like, he was so arrogant about his like starting lineup. And I feel like we have some great tools in our toolbox. Uh, we've got the the fucking iron giant he's like six seven or whatever Kal Kal the the bosnian guy yeah kalazic yeah kalazic i saw that i was so confused i thought we just entered like a basketball course i've never even heard of the guy before i'm gonna be <laughs> honest with you he's got a couple off the bench too like you were talking about yeah. like and i think and we'll get we'll get to him in a, in a second but i i'm a big gary o'neill guy i liked him a lot what he did at bournemouth last mm -hmm. year 
but it just it speaks to what you're saying. He just has such a good feel for the game. You know, he knows when they need kind of a change in momentum. And Kal- Kalajic, we're just gonna call him Sasha. That's his first name. Um, <laughs> Sasha. The I call him guy. the Iron Giant because I, I like, like that. The Iron I'm, I'm gonna... <laughs> and he's the I like giant. That. Yeah. yeah, I like that. You know what? We're gonna we're gonna call him that from now on. Agreed. Let, let the people let the record show. Yo, fun fact. Fun fact about that movie. The villain, his name was Kent Mansley. The only time I've ever heard my last name in a movie. He also had red hair. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. Tough. Tough. You probably were like, fuck, I can't believe I'm the bad guy. Bro, the fact that that, that came so quick to your memory, too. It's like it's been really festering with you for a while. I mean, like that. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not over it. It's as simple as that. This is Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> All right, but Nick, I have a I have a question about the actual football game, the Wolves Spurs one. Do, do you sure. think that uh, Lamina's goal was a great shot, or do you think that the keeper should have done a little better there on oh. that on that last goal? Um, I that's a really good question. I think it was a good flick. There definitely could be, I but. That's tough to be a goalie though, and try to, because he's trying to get he's trying to get that the near post, and Lamina just kind of flicks it over to his right side. I can see why that could be tough. Yeah. Now, I, I mean, I fully agree with you. I, that, I'm I'm on the side of you have to protect the near post because you, you're you you're to. pitting my heart against my brain, and I don't like that very much. <laughs> That's why it's a good question. Uh, no, I, I mean. It definitely wasn't. I mean, it wasn't as good as the first goal. Clearly, uh, that one I expected when he took that first touch. I went, "Oh, here we go!" Blasted over the bar, and it fucking <laughs> to see it go in was nuts. That's crazy. Um, but yeah, I know. I think I think that was pretty poor goalkeeping. You could have closed him down a lot quicker. He had a ton of space. I do like what you yeah, said though. Like you can't. has been good too. Yeah, you can't let up near post. You let up near post, that's on a highlight reel of things goalies shouldn't do, you know? Yeah, because then he can just wrap his foot around it and, like, hit the shit out of it into the near post instead of trying to do that yeah, awkward like, exactly. flick thing. All right, boys. Post. Well, I'm going to interject real quick to get some uh, traction on here. It's your podcast, baby. You don't interject. I interject <laughs> like that. That's what I do. That's interjection. It's your, it's your, it's your realm. It's a new realm for me, a new realm of introduction, but we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to have our kind of set questions for you, Nick. And uh, we'll try to do a little rapid fire to get as much information out of you as we can while keeping this as a uh, already probably one of the most exciting and entertaining podcast that we've had so far. But uh, we'll be right back after this short message from our non-sponsor and uh, yes. we'll come back. Rip the lo-fi. <laughs> Rip the lo-fi hard. All right, so, Nick, we're just going to focus on a couple questions that we prepared for you. The first being, a summer with a lot of turmoil. You lost your two best players, both Matias Nunes and Ruben Neves, left for big fees this summer. There was rumors of financial instability. 
you also, your manager walked out a week before the season, as you like to call Julian Lopetegui, Luigi, and Gary O'Neill comes through the door. So tell me, what were your thoughts? You're 75 million pounds in the green, you know, in that first transfer window. They only bring in a couple of signings. You know, what were your expectations coming into this year? Uh, Not great, very low. But um, did you, who did you say our two best players were? You said Ruben Neves, which I agree with, and then what you said you don't Nunez? you don't think Matthias Nunez was up there? Absolutely not. That is a wild call. I mean, I I'm glad we got all that money for him. I think he's a prat, but uh, I I guess I don't want to throw shit on to him specifically. Do it, dude. No, 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 no. Throw it, throw it on him. He just it's just we had too much of that player. We have too many hot. Portuguese guys that are really quick in the midfield, but really like have no, like, you know, steel, they have no steel. Exactly. They get pushed off the ball. They're, they, they're rolling around on the ground for five minutes. They're pretending they have a cramp in the 89th minute to try to like doing sleaze bag shit. Um, so it was definitely a bummer to see like Ruben Neves. Although I became a huge fan of him just as a, just as a dude. So when I saw he was getting that bag, I was like, yeah, dude, get the bag. I Go to Saudi Arabia, get the bag. As a guy, I was like, yeah, I, I understand that. It did bum me out as a Wolves fan, but I was like, yeah, make the whatever, what, 55 million, something, something like that. It was in the that ballpark, something crazy. Yep. Um, Generational I, wealth for your family. You can't knock him for that. Yeah, you yeah. really can't. You're like, my kid's kid is going to have – prosciutto for breakfast because yeah I, but that kid's I, probably gonna be a scumbag so you gotta keep that in mind yeah, just true. percentage chance that he's gonna be a prick because he's gonna be super rich um i think the real bummer is that we when we got rid of connor cody i uh i thought i thought he was such a good mouthpiece he was such a good captain like definitely kept our morale up he was making a bit of he's just slow and old I get that, but um, I think that was a, a huge blow to our side. Um, Jimenez, we had to get rid of because he wasn't doing what he was supposed to be doing. Um, it, that's just a tragic, like, that's horrible. That whole situation is horrible. Uh, like, I was super bummed that when he was, like, we gave him so many chances to be like, hey, it's all right. Like, we get it. You're coming back from a skull fracture. And it just, like, He's just not the same player, you know. Uh, right. Which is, I don't blame the guy. You can't blame him, but it. You could tell that he was bummed out that he couldn't like do what he used to be able to do, which was really sad to see. Uh, I do have a little gripe with Jimenez when we were playing in the FA Cup against Watford, and he scored the third goal or the sec. He scored the second goal, so we we're up two nothing. And he put on this like Mexican wrestler mask. It was sick. I will give him that. It was sick. But then we went on to lose the game. And oh, I was like, tough. you made us look like such pieces of shit, dude, that you throw <laughs> on this mask and we're like, oh, we're up to nothing. And then we go on to lose to Watford, who then went on to the, it was the semifinals of the FA Cup. And then Ooh. they went on to get smoked by probably Man City or one of your clubs. I mean, I remember, I remember a time when Watford was no scoffing team. You know, like, when a team has history such as that, you can never just write them off. You know, like there's, there was a time when Leicester, I mean, shit, there was a time when Luton Town was 
was an unbelievable force in the Premier League to be. Yeah. Like, they had rivals, you know, <laughs> like, so I, I just don't want you to shit on. Lockford. I hope Luton stays in just because Lockford I want to go to that. I want to go to that stadium so bad. Kennelsworth. I want to see, yeah. see what nice Road. people have that ground in their backyard. I want to meet them. Dude, my favorite thing was they were like they were shitting on Liverpool people, like Liverpool fans a couple weeks ago for being poor and it's like, dude, your stadium is in someone's <laughs> garden. <laughs> like let's let's pump the brakes on the money shame in the pocket watching and let's let's be humble. Let's have a little self-awareness. But yeah, you know, um, legend um legend has it you can actually save money on your tickets to go see Luton Town by just buying a hotel room above the 5th floor at any neighboring hotel and looking in exactly <laughs> yeah exactly yeah that that tracks i don't think they um, have hotels there to be honest i don't think there's no no other industry in luton there is an airport Airbnb. so they probably do have one hotel <laughs> um, but safe to say i was not feeling optimistic after <laughs> after the summer i was like we're gonna go down like we have no we didn't buy any players um but I am pleasantly surprised. And Luigi just walking out like a piece of shit. But I'm actually, I'm happy he did because like if he would have stayed, I feel like that energy would have definitely put us down because then he didn't want to be there. And if he doesn't want to be there, the players don't want to be there. And that just all leeches into how you play the game. Absolutely. Permeates throughout the squad. Um, but any, anyways, I, I, I think just, just on that point, we should talk about, about Gary O'Neill. And kind of what he's done, like for you, what what are some of the things that you've seen that that he's kind of been able to to t- make the best out of this squad? Like, what stands out to you about Gary O'Neill and and, and his the way he sets up? I I did kind of uh, touch on a, a little bit is that um, we're using substitutes, and they're not shit substitutes. They're good, well timed substitutes in positions that we need them. Uh, he likes to switch up the formation, although I think we're going to stick to that, uh, what are we, 3-5-2? Yeah, 3-5-2, um, which is how we, I think that's how we play best, is when we're playing for the counter, and we have those two wingbacks that keep, mo- all almost all of our offensive pressures always wide, so, uh, and I think we have talented people over there. Except for tomato is very hot and cold, dude. Like one day, one week I'll be like, "Oh, tomato, beautiful play. You're the player." And then the next week I'll be like, "Get him off!" And like in the twelfth minute, I'm like, "I can already tell he's having a, one of those shit games. Get him off the field." It's uh, it's kind of like the the Gordon Ramsay thing where like it's Gordon Ramsay talking to an adult and then Gordon Ramsay talking to a kid. <laughs> exactly. That's that's you talking to tomato, but depending on the day. <laughs> exactly. Um. So, uh, and I, I watched some, I saw you guys were going to ask me this. So I watched some O'Neal, uh, he's good in press conferences. I think he doesn't, he definitely didn't like, I, I feel like Luigi was always very passive in all of the, maybe it's cause English isn't his first language, but he was very like laissez faire after in, 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 in a lot of the issues that Wolves had. And then he would always be like, like, I remember we played a horrific game one game i can't remember who who it was or what it was but because i was just mad at the post-game interview because he said like oh that's football you know we played football and it's like no that that wasn't football that was just a horrible game that we lost because we played like shit and you didn't do anything about it like he would just toss it up to like ah that's it be like that sometimes and it's like no it it don't be like that sometimes you know 
it's very frustrating when a manager won't like address the problems that are like clear as day on the field. Yeah, I mean, I was also just looking back a couple months. One of our early episodes this year, we went over how the how the transfer window went with every team. We had actually put Wolves in 15 out of 20th. And, you know, I'm looking at the ratings. James was a C minus. Sean and I were both Fs. But the big note was it's great business if they can stay afloat. You know, you, you bought 94 million, you sold 170 million for a net of $75 million. So the whole, I feel like this season is, is a big stay afloat season and see what you can do with that. Because sure. you were one of the few teams that profited in the transfer window. So, I mean, you, you had said it earlier, you thought you were going down this season. Da, 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 da. You know, you're very happy where you are. I, I would fully, fully agree with that. I think at this point of the season, it's just try to get into the top 10, stay there and maybe shoot out try for some European football, a couple injuries to the major teams. I mean, you are a solid force this year at this point. For sure. And I would argue we're uh, one of the more fun teams to watch because of um, how cool our jerseys are. The gold and black is tough. We're pretty, it is I tough. I do like them. We're and and Neto, listen, Neto is one of the, the most fun players to watch. I mean, it's unfortunate he got injured, and we'll talk about that quickly. I just – I mean, obviously, you probably need someone to back him up or someone, you know, similar who's, you know, pacey dribbler and kind of create something out of nothing. But Tomato we, tries his you... best. <laughs> he tries not his, his game, best. though. It's not yeah. his game, though. Not, no, but not really. What do you what would you say? You know, January, let's say hypothetically they give they have there's a 40 million dollar war chest for Gary O'Neill. What do you say? There's one position of D that they need to address in you know the upcoming January window. I would I would say it's gotta be a, a a striker it has yeah. to it has to be i mean unless we really want to um do something defensively since we seem to like fall asleep at times and not have great i don't think we have i don't think max kilman does a lot of like leadership i think sure. he's a bit young for that so unless he's an organizer yeah um maybe it, it if you find someone like really perfect to be like a, a, a center back, but that would, I think everyone would be pretty pissed off if we didn't try to get somebody, not a winger, not a hot Portuguese guy, like a, someone who eats like a lot of corn and bread and put him on in front to like, uh, you know, head chances home. A big, as my brother would say, big fucker named Dino. <laughs> exactly. Put him on top. Sending it, what just pinging it in crosses, just spamming them. Control Alt Delete, just keep sending them through. Someone that Neto can cross the ball to, essentially. Sure. Um, now, I maybe there's something physically with the Iron Giant Kalajic or whatever, like why he isn't starting. Maybe that that's something O'Neill's got in his brain. Maybe he is a better substitute, but yeah, I, I, we just got to have somebody up there to put a thread in. Yeah, I would honestly, I would love to have Adama back, but I think the reason why we got rid of Adama Traore is because uh, our ball boy was sick of getting balls like out of the roof. And he was like, <laughs> "We we can't be doing, we can't be climbing up there anymore. Can you get rid of this guy?" And we had to, we had to get rid of him. But he he was a creative player come to life, and that was super fun to watch. So yeah, I I, I do miss him. Pace and power personified. Yes. 
It literally is if you went into create a player and you're like, okay, I'm going to have the shortest guy, but he's going to be the most weight that th this game allows <laughs> and the most speed, but his shooting is going to be like half. Like you spent all the points on like speed and power, but everything else was ridiculous. Yeah. And, and we kind of just touched on it, but I guess uh, just quickly, what, what would you say the ceiling for this wolf squad is? And, do you want to take the opportunity to shit on James? Because he is the only person on the pod who picked Wolves to go down. Do you, or do you think? Oh, I remember that. Time? I do remember that. Um, no, I wouldn't shit on James because I was right there with you. I do remember that, um, but I, I remember being right there with it. That's why I'm not that mad because I was like, that's not a bad pick to be honest. Like we had, <laughs> yeah. we didn't spend any money. We had no manager. Like, we looked like complete shit, and we were getting robbed in the beginning of the season. It was like, even the refs were like, put these guys down, please. <laughs> Get them uh, out of my sight. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I think this the ceiling, that's a good question. Because I always want to believe that we'll get that, like, 7-6 spot. But I think this season, um, top 10, if we could play a game against some of these bottom teams and play like we did against Tottenham. That would be a nice sight to see for us to dominate a game against a worse team. That would be nice. Cause it feels like right now we can only play well when we're playing a top six team, which sucks. I'm sick of losing to Sheffield United and sweating one out against Luton. Like I, I it's just, it's sad. So <laughs> that would be nice to see. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think top 10, like, well, that's for a ceiling I'm, for the ceiling. I'm going to say seventh place. Okay. Seven. Yeah. It's, it's ambitious, but it's definitely possible the way they've yeah. been playing. And to your point, they, their upcoming fixtures, there are some games that they could dominate the ball in, you know, they have Fulham next Fulham is the lowest scorers in the league, but that's terrible. That already, yeah, I know. when I see that, I go, ah, fuck. <laughs> like yeah. I'm more yeah. pessimistic about that game than when we play Arsenal. Right, and then, I was going to say, then you have Arsenal next. Obviously, that's a game that, you know, you would expect to probably lose away at, at, at the Emirates, but the way you've been playing, you never know. You might be able to steal points there. Then Burnley, then Forest. So, I mean, there's there's opportunity there, and we'll see if they've turned a page or if it, they're just going to be a team that, you know, you know is best suited in that counterattacking kind of role. Um, but I just – I had two, two quick ones before we wrap up here. Um, this one, first one was by James. And then there's the other one was a fan question from our friend Juan. So two guys that are on loan and I just wanted you, your quick thoughts on them and kind of why maybe it didn't work out. The first one being Gonzalo Geddish, who was the third highest signing in the club's history, only had two goals and 18 appearances and then was loaned out in January of last year or January of this year, excuse me. And that's been extended through the end of this, this current season. So, I mean, you pay a ton of money. He's a striker as well. What what kind of happened there? What why isn't he a fit? Wait, uh, who is that again? Could you say his name one more time? Gonzalo Geddish. Geddes? Oh, Geddes? G U E D S. Yeah. yeah, maybe I'm I'm pronouncing that incorrectly. Sorry. No, no, no. Oh correct. no. Uh, you guys uh, I'll defer I'll defer whoa, to him oh, the Portuguese <laughs> pronunciations. You know, he's the, basically Portuguese. James, I don't know if I've seen you that happy in months. <laughs> My my mic was muted. I unmuted just to say a stupid automatopoeia verbiage to, to that. So I'm gonna. I think I'm right. By the way, I think Nick's just. just you might be you right. Know, you might be right. Yeah, I, I might, think I'm I right. told you before that I'm also terrible at it. So I don't know. Uh, no. Um, again, 
that's a good question. But it's, I think he was a, one of those guys, especially at the time when he was playing, we just had too many, <laughs> too many hot Portuguese. I think he was another like hot Portuguese guy. And it was just like, we had that space filled. We had Neto. We've got uh, Neves at that time. Semedo. Yeah, Nunes. Nunes. Eight, I mean, eight Nuri. I don't think he, he's not a Portuguese. I don't know same what player he is. Type, same player type. But it was like, right. and uh, Guedes wanted like, he wanted to be the guy. I think a lot, I mean, that that is one of the problems with hot Portuguese guys. They all want to be the guy. They all want to be Cristiano. And uh, so it just didn't fit with what we needed. We needed like, a, you know, a, a striker who wasn't going to try to get fouls 50 yards out and fall. Out. We needed like someone strong we could get the ball to. So it just didn't. A little bit more direct. Didn't work. But if, if you want my professional, like this is me as an analyst, like why it didn't work. It's because he was too hot and too Portuguese. That's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> And then, James, I'll throw it to you for the last one. You, you have a question about Daniel Podenz. Yeah, I, I always last year he was one of my 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 favorite players on the Wolves to to hear when he was doing well, and he was your leading goal scorer. He had, he yes. registered six. He's currently with uh, Olympiacos Olympiacos with five goals and two assists. I mean, you were kind of talking about it just before that you needed a striker, and as as Sean mentioned, you kind of just loaned some out. And Potus is Potus is on his last year in your contract too. So is this? Someone that you would like to see maybe come back or is let's push this guy away? Um, that's a good question. I I don't miss Potence just because he was another one that I think it's he... hot in Portuguese. Again, hot. And I won't give him too... He kind of fucked up his hotness once he bleached his hair. That was like a little like, okay, guy. <laughs> now you're, you should be dark hair with a beard. Obviously, that was our vibe. But... Uh, he um no he was very hot and cold like he his bad games were very bad and then it's like we had no offense when he had a bad game so i i i don't really miss pod i i do think he's really good and i think with the right team behind him he was really really he could he could be really strong but we don't need another fast zippy guy like we we've already got fast zippy guys so it's just it's just too much of one thing so i think that's where we he was kind of falling short and he's just tiny and the, yeah. the, the, the premier league's the premier league, all those center backs, they're big dudes. So yeah. it's just like, he needed to be uh, playing the, the correct team to have a good game, which right. it just wasn't enough games to, to, to just so I keep it. And there yeah, was that weird shit about him spitting on Morgan Gibbs white one game. I don't know if you guys, there was like a whole trial about whether or not he actually spit on Gibbs oh, White. I hadn't heard that. That's wild. But Gibbs White had had motive to lie because he had bad blood with us because we wouldn't give him fifty million dollars for being okay. So <laughs> it was a there's a lot of drama. So that could have been why we got rid of him too, just because he was causing causing shit, and not scoring enough goals to cause that much prima donna stuff. Yeah, I mean, leading goal scorer at six goals isn't no offense to the Wolves. Well, yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yeah, Wong's already got more this year. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Which I love Huang. Huang's we didn't we didn't we didn't talk about Huang enough. He's just the man. I learned I I that Tottenham game where he scored the equalizer. 
I was very drunk at a bar in Chicago and I sang the Huang song like I would say about three times. Well, my hand was so red from like slamming the bar to sing to. I'm that psycho psychopath that like sings the players songs, even though no one's sing no one's singing it with me. I'm just like cross-eyed drunk screaming at. They're all like uh, West Ham fans that are waiting. For That's the right. Game to start. Just means you're native to the EPL state <laughs> of mind, you know. Yeah. Or I'm just That's all it is. noxious piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, never, never, never that, never that. Especially no, with the beautiful not. game, everyone's accepted yes. within, within their own boundaries. Not damn right, beautiful game. But, but I mean, I'll pass it back over to Sean. But I'll be the first one to tell you, Nick. We appreciate your time on on the cast, man. And oh, thank you for having me. I had a blast. Yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun, a lot of laughs, and to to have the ability to branch out to our close friends throughout the podcast who are members of a different clique than the the top, you know, four, the big six is is gigantic. Because, like I said, with Man U, I know they're your big six, but when Mike and Brendan were online we don't have the depth and the detail or the or the passion to speak upon some of these teams we definitely like you said have some stats we do our best to try to be non-biased but you know having a having a wolf supporter like you on board is is a great great task so sean why don't you kind of um send it over him for before we do our closeout and we'll, we'll go from there yeah no just echoing james sentiments thanks for coming on man really appreciate it you know hopefully wolves have a nice uh finish to the season we'll get you back on at some point but you have a new podcast that just launched and you have some other stuff going on. So give you the opportunity to uh, take the platform. Yeah. Thank you. I, I do want to say I do. Uh, I love the podcast. Please keep doing it. Keep going. Like do, do 10 years of this. Um, I did send it to my dad and his, his, uh, his feedback were, was uh, uh, for a bunch of bloody Yanks. They know what they're talking about. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's not bad. Shout out Mr. Cartwright. Yeah. yeah uh, we'll take so that. Thank you guys so much for having me. And uh, yeah, my podcast is um, it's called your feed sucks. It's only on YouTube. Uh, it's just me and two friends. We like, we pass each other's phones around and we, and we watch each other's TikTok feeds and we react to the different videos that are showing up for our friends algorithms. Um, <laughs> it's, it's like not, um, it's not for kids. I'll put it like that. <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty wild. So go ahead get, give that a peep on the YouTube. And if you're in Indianapolis, I don't know how many Indianapolis listeners we got, but if you're in Indianapolis on December 22nd and 23rd, I'm recording an album, comedy album at Helium. Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> sorry. I'm recording an album at uh, Helium, Indianapolis. Um, I, go buy tickets, please, for the love of God. I, I, I have no idea how I'm going to sell tickets <laughs> in Indianapolis. So if you're there and you want to see me uh, do 45 minutes, which is a long time, um buy tickets to that please come out and thank you guys again for having me it was awesome of course you know sean sent us your your instagram uh which is posted on our uh story as well as our instagram reel uh today but i gotta say nick i checked out a lot of your stuff and whether it was you telling how alcoholic commercials should be because they're always lying <laughs> to us or letting us know where your parents stand on the circumcised, non-circumcised debate was extremely <laughs> entertaining. And it's a lot funny of stuff. So guys, talk. 
I got yeah, a lot of, of penis talk. A lot of dick That jokes. was just the, the tip of the the tip of the penis, so to say. <laughs> I mean, Nick, comment commenting on the male anatomy is part of this podcast. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's usually just James. Like, also, it was nice of you to bring in like the the homoerotic, you know, hot Portuguese guy. Usually, we reserve that for James to talk about how hot. <laughs> I'm so alone. I'm so alone with it. It's normally me, Ben White, chilling in the corner. But listen, you gotta you gotta check this man's instagram out definitely give i'll be checking the youtube channel out as well that seems like a great ass time and um nick again man thank you so much and uh you're free to stick around we're gonna swing right into our weekend wrap up or or, or, or look ahead as everyone knows it is international break uh which means this weekend i will be you know probably drinking a little bit more than i should without television of the english premier league on but this is a great opportunity that we're going to bring in another one of our close friends on the podcast, my college, uh, one of my best friends in college and college teammate when I was there. And that's going to be also our official unpaid, unless you count me buying the drinks wherever we go, graphic designer Blake Pirtle out there to the cast. Um, I finally found a good stretch of Everton wins to to get up the courage to ask him if he would join us without him flat out rejecting it. So it's very exciting. He will be joining us. He's a longtime Toffee fan. He's also big into the Philadelphia Union and the MLS. So definitely going to want to have to check out this episode for next week as well. These spotlights keep hitting. And, you know, please, as always, thank you for listening. But don't forget to subscribe to our cast on Spotify, Apple Music, whichever platform you choose to. And do a couple of these really good-looking, not-so-hot Portuguese guys, but very good-looking guys a favor <laughs> and pass this along to your, your football heads out there. You just never know who we will throw into the next den. But until next time, everyone, have a great week, and thank you.